Star Tribune's Prep Sports Podcast has been brought to you by France and Bank and Trust. Hello again. Jim Paulson here at the Star Tribune and my colleague David Levake for another episode of Talking Preps. This is a spring sports edition, but <laughs> non-spring sports, it sounds like right now. Dave, you've been working on a breaking story today regarding a well-known uh, hockey name. Sorry, when you said this is the spring sports edition and then threw in the butt, I had to laugh because <laughs> that's that's basically, you know, welcome to the state of hockey, baby. It's June 2nd. Yeah. It's, we got we got uh, high school hockey to get to. Yeah, news broke Tuesday that longtime and very successful Duluth East boys hockey coach Mike Randolph is stepping down. And uh, we're talking three decades at that program. Um, many, uh, 18, I think, 18 trips to the state tournament, uh, two state titles, finished second, I think, a half a dozen times, which is remarkable. Um, one of the most memorable games that uh, high school history, which has actually, I believe, was the semifinal game, wasn't it? The uh, Duluth East Apple Valley game in 1996. It was a semifinal, yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, so all of that comes to an end. Um, the word, you know, of course, all the people that, that have the, the, the official word are all, you know, not commenting. Uh, it seems, though, that there is nothing happening of, of any sort of, uh, sexual nature or financial impropriety nature. Um, it, it appears it's some sort of, you know, something hit the rock somewhere in that program. Parents, perhaps uh, differences of opinion, differences in philosophy. You know, that's the risk you run sometimes when you're a longtime coach. Um, new generations come in sometimes that doesn't jive. And, and as one coach said to me uh, a while back, you know, I like my school board, but the reality is the school board is going to, you know, they're, they're elected officials and they're going to respond to the concerns of 10 parents other than one coach because 10 parents is more votes, which is kind of harsh, but I, I can see there's some validity in that. So we're going to find out a lot more Friday morning. Mike Randolph is going to have a press conference at 11 a.m. Uh, we will have the Star Tribune's Duluth Bureau all over that on Friday uh, so, so do stay tuned for for more on the Mike Randolph and Duluth East saga. So it's really nothing scandalous that we're looking at here. There's nothing outrageous, nothing that made people go, "Wow, I can't believe he got caught." It basically just kind of got caught up, at least as it seems right now, from what we know, in the machinations and the machinery that that runs uh, youth sports these days, which in which parents and uh, um, have an awful lot of clout and particularly an awful lot of uh saying what happens and it's it, it that's kind of what uh, what we're understanding at this point is is that what i'm led to believe that's what we're understanding that's correct yeah you know when you think after 30 some years and this is strictly opinion on my part i'm not saying i know anything more about this you think that if he'd been there as long as he'd been there the reputation that he's built up and let's be honest man mike randolph wasn't always a saint. I mean, he, he had some questions come up a few years back in his program, but to survive that long and have developed that many great hockey players and be that kind of a, a coach with that kind of legacy, you'd have enough clout to maybe withstand a little parental pressure at this point in your career. It, it seems uh, a little bit concerning to me that even after this much time and this much uh, that he's accomplished and having the kind of reputation he has, that he's still vulnerable to the whims of. Uh, finicky moms and dads 
Yeah. Well, what, pre what, you know, what precedent does it set? If, if you're a coach in that area uh, or any coach, I mean, yeah, if, if they can, you know, take him out, but, you know, I, I you know, talked to Mark Manny from Andover today. He's, he said, uh, you know, all of us coaches never know when it's the, each day is going to be our last. And, and that's, you know, there was legislation put into place years ago um, by was a representative Erdahl that said that, you know, I think he got language that you can't uh, not renew a coach's contract solely on the basis of parental complaints. So I, you know, I, I you wonder, you would think that the administration has done its due diligence as far as that goes and the private investigator that they've hired. Uh, but, you know, we may never know because that's the side that is protected uh, for better or for worse under data privacy. And so we never know exactly what was found or, or what the cause was for the decision. Um, all we're going to hear Friday is Mike's side of it. And, you know, you, you, in our job and in and any, anybody, any adult with a, a discerning ear would love to hear both sides of it, but we may never get to know that. And then it forces you, I've always had Mike uh, questions and concerns about data privacy acts um, because it allows schools to uh, avoid transparency yes. and, allow, and allows the school districts to not have to address issues that you may not you may disagree with and doesn't give the uh oftentimes doesn't give the uh person that they're uh punishing or the coach that they're removing uh they're due in court because of the data privacy act and to right. me it's always been kind of frustrating that that they're allowed to hide behind this kind of thing because you'd like to have everything laid out on the table um for better or for worse we want to know the truth of what happens and it allows them to hide the truth too oftentimes I'm not saying that happens now, now by any means, but it has been something you both, you and I have witnessed more than once. Um, and in the job we do, we found out in the absence of truth, people tend to jump to the worst possible conclusions. Um, and then I think that's what happens all too often in these situations. Uh, let me just yeah. make sure I'm clear on this. Randolph was not fired and removed from a position. He officially tendered his resignation. That's correct. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just say in closing here um, to, to ex, 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 uh, amplify your point, Mike Randolph may not quote unquote deserve to coach next year. If that's the school district's determination, well, that's what, that's what they're there for. However, Mike Randolph, no coach deserves to have their reputation just floating out there on the breeze because schools are allowed to, to, you know, can't at least say, look, didn't work out. But it's it's not you know again what we said at the top. You asked me if there's anything really really uh, volatile here or really concerning. I don't believe it's sexual in nature. I don't believe it's financial in nature. But we just don't know, and that's not fair to Mike Randolph or any coach. You need to at least be able to say this coach is being removed. It's not this. It's not that. And you know leave it at that. You, you shouldn't coaches shouldn't be left hanging because they're they're going to be wanting to look for other jobs. They, they can't afford to to have this this indecision out there. So. It's a bad deal, but uh, let's see what Friday brings. And in the meantime, you got some. Uh, we talked. You touched on some uh, basketball recruiting news. So uh, that that's very uh, should be of high interest to Gopher fans. You know, when Ben Johnson was hired as the new Gopher basketball coach, the uh, mandate clearly was keep Minnesota kids at home. People have gotten too sick and tired of watching the good top Minnesota players migrate elsewhere. Um, some to hot top-notch programs, Blue Buds, others to places like Colorado, which didn't have a, a great uh, um, um, reputation. You know, we've yeah, got kids yeah. in Marquette. We've got we've got kids all over the, that did not uh, we stay in Minnesota. Um, 
Now we've got a kid, a possibility of keeping the kid who I think is rated as the number one recruit in the upcoming class. He took a visit to Minnesota. That's Trey Holloman, the guard from um, Creighton Durham Hall. Now, I will not um, ever tear a kid down for making the choice he wants to make. If he wants to go to a different school, absolutely, it's his choice. It is not a character issue in that regard. Kids have every right to go to whatever school they choose to go to. Um, there are reasons, are there reasons? But I think there are a lot of Ben Johnson's, um, I don't want to say his career because he's still early in it, but a lot of his reputation is going to hinge on what Trey Holloman does. I know that Tom Izzo at Michigan State has been hot after Trey Holloman for a while as a point guard. Because uh, if any, anything Michigan State needed this year was a point guard. I know Marquette has recruited heavily in the Twin Cities area, and they've got kids like Dawson Garcia and uh, uh, Theo John uh, had ended up at uh, Marquette. So they've uh, been recruiting him. But he also made a, took a visit to the University of Minnesota. And his mother, Crystal Flint, was a University of Minnesota uh, women's basketball player. And now she is the girls' basketball coach at Creighton Durham Hall. Uh, I think people are going to be watching what Trey Holloman does very closely, see if the Ben Johnson hiring has the desired effect. As This is more than just the recruitment of one athlete right now. This is, uh, um, I, I, I guess it's a referendum on if Ben Johnson is the guy that you want to have to stem this tide. Um, it could change with the next kid coming down the, the pike, but this is his first, our first real chance to judge Ben Johnson on whether or not he's going to be able to do what he's been hired to do. Yeah, and it's tough. It's tough for Mr. Ben Johnson because he hasn't even coached a game. We don't know what his teams look like, and, and mm -hmm. so do, nor do the players. But anybody that Ben Johnson brings in is going to be, you know, wondering that same thing. So why not get the local guy, you know? So it's it's tough because you know there was a problem before, but I think the the national prominence of the la last several years of Minnesota basketball recruits has just made really put a spotlight on the problems that program has with getting those top players. So we'll see, yeah, we'll see what uh, how where the Trey Holloman uh, what that decision means to the whole picture. You know, and and, and he's a kid that can play at just about any any program. I mean, he's a pass first point guard. He's He's a slick ball handler. He's really improved his his scoring he's a, uh, uh, and improved his uh, his uh, on ball defense in recent years. Uh, he elevated that Creighton Durham Hall team from a very mediocre team this season to one that made the state tournament. Uh, without Trey Holman on that roster, they don't get that far. Um, so uh, he is a, definitely a, a kid worth recruiting, and uh, it's unfair to Ben Johnson to hang so much of his early. Um, uh, assessment of what he's going to be as University of Minnesota basketball coach on one kid, but that's just the nature of the beast right now. You just you got hired with the mandate that you keep Minnesota kids at home. Now we have one, and he hasn't made a decision yet. He's got local connections. This is a, a big deal for uh, Ben Johnson. If if it doesn't work out, doesn't mean his career is is um, not going to not going to work out. But it also means that uh, he's going to start with one foot in a hole here. I'll tell you, it's, I'll use a baseball analogy. Ben Johnson is like the pitcher that comes in with runners on base and in scoring position. Well, if those runs get knocked across, um, you know, that that goes on the old guy's record, the, the former pitcher's record. It's, it's not on the new guy, you know. So Ben Johnson should be allowed that same. But then again, people don't want to – don't tell me about the nuance. Just get the top kid in here. You know, so, yep. It's a pretty, uh, pretty hardcore results-based business. What did uh, uh, Chuck Knox, the old uh, Los Angeles Ram, uh, yeah, 
as it used to say, uh, don't tell me how rough the water is, just dock the boat. That's all oh, it was. That's, yeah. Just that's a good point. Get the job done. So um, we'll all be watching the Trey Holloman saga um, until he makes his commitment. And I think we'll be watching it pretty carefully. Yeah. Um, we were watching uh, yesterday, uh, you covered the Minnesota State High School League Board of Directors meeting in person, which is something in no person in a year, yep. over a year. Um, you wrote about it. The uh, finance, you know, money, money, money was was a big part of the the topic yesterday. And, and what did we learn about the ongoing saga of the league and its uh, exorbitant fees on member schools and their pushback? And where did we arrive in it? Did we arrived in a place where everyone's mostly happy? It seems like it. you've written about the whole budgeting issue a couple of times, and particularly with the COVID fees that the high school instituted this year. Um, there's an awful lot of pushback towards that, but it seems like schools are trying are coming around on what they had said that 91% of the schools have now paid those COVID fees that the high school league uh, assessed them over last fall. And those are some pretty significant fees. We're talking about uh, increases of two and three and almost 400% um, in terms of this, the fees assessed by the high school league to the member schools. Most school, most schools are trying to acquiesce. They acquiesce and have come around to paying those fees. Yesterday, they approved another round of COVID fees for the upcoming year, but there, uh, there's a little bit of relief involved. They're getting their two PPP, that's the Paycheck Protection Program loans, relieved. That is allowing them a little bit more money, a little bit more breathing room. And the amount that they're looking for this coming year is less than what they'd ask schools to pay this year. And the word is that they've got a metric set up that as things come around and things get back to normal and they're expecting things to get back to normal, uh, if not necessarily this spring, next fall, that when things get back to where they, they expect them to be, that those um, fees assessed to schools are going to be much less than they used to be. Now, this is them changing their, their funding model. Obviously, they're, they're, they are always from here on in going to be charging schools much more than they did in the past. Um, and kind of taking away their primary source of revenue, which is depending on the, the fickle nature of, uh, of the state tournaments. But uh, the high school league, is, the things are looking up for them. Their, their financial situation isn't nearly as dire as it was. And everybody seemed to reflect uh, a more positive, upbeat uh, face uh, at the meeting yesterday. A lot of it do because finally they're in, in person with each other, get to talk to each other again. But the fact that there's a, a, a light at the end of the uh, financial tunnel for the high school league here, and that's a, a positive sign. Um, there's still like, it's still got a long way to go, but they're, they're thinking that things are looking good. They even said that they're hoping that, uh, the spring sports season, uh, is going to have a boon in attendance that people are looking to get out and watch high school sports more and have been clamoring for a chance to go see spring state tournaments, which they didn't get last year. So they're hoping that the, the, uh, state tournament revenue will, will be even, uh, more than they anticipated and more than they expected. So good news from. Yeah, way around. Which, would, which would be significant because typically none of the spring sports bring in any money. Those spring tournaments, no. I think, are universally money losers. Yeah, you know, just just because that's the way it goes. So yeah, if they could, if they could turn a profit now and end up in the black coming out of the state spring state spring state tournaments, that would be a, a good thing for them. And and I meant it was a good thing for the teams that got to play in front of sizable crowds. So we'll see we'll see what happens. And one last thing that mentions that the next fall, they expect everything to be back to normal. However, there will be a number of sports going into four classes. And so they still have to deal with that added outlay expenditure of volleyball being a fourth class. And they will not be getting a fourth day at XL Energy Center, the XL Energy Center um, 
folks made that clear so they have to uh, uh, change their, their format over there. Um, cross country, they're gonna try to do three classes of cross country and try to do them all on the first Saturday in November, which is what they've always done. But there's a possibility if, if St. Olaf College where that they hold the meet isn't able to um, host that many comedy time, they, they might make it, they might make it a two day event. So they still got things to worry about uh, that they're that they're looking at and track and field for next year with, uh, with adding a class to track and field. There was a lot of hand wringing about that because there's so many moving parts to the track and field tournament and getting officials and getting everybody in one place. They're still trying to make that work. But, you know, those are those are the type of, of problems they want to have. They don't want to have the, the financial problems anymore. They want to have those logistical issues. That means that things are going well for you. So. Now, hopefully, we're keeping our fingers crossed, but hopefully the high school league has things worth looking up for them right now. I've been covering the cross-country meet for the last several years, and I'm I'm telling you right now, if it's a two-day event, I am going to get the swankiest hotel in Northfield. You can, <laughs> you, you can come down. We'll get room service. You can, you know, but but we're going we're gonna to make a vacation out of this if I got to do it two days. Uh, you know, I love the campus of uh, St. Olaf College. It's a, a beautiful campus. If you've never been on it, it's a, it's a fantastic place to go and, and hang out and watch cross country meet for a while. So there's, you'd have no problems there. Northfield's a nice town too. It is a nice town. Uh, well, Hey, that's everything for my end. How about you, Jim? I think that's, that about covers it. We're going to be at doing some state tournaments here pretty soon. Tennis next week. And, and uh, then it gets busy for about a week and a half and then everything's done. Well, and we're done today. So thanks for listening and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week.